what's going on what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the successes within reach podcast season three episode 21 finance and credit conversations with jay allen once again episode three i mean i'm sorry season three episode 21 finance and credit conversations with jay allen i got my partner here today he's a finance and credit consultant been in this space for many many years you all know him. He's done the show several times. Every time he comes through, he drops several gems. Y'all drive me crazy with the questions. When is he coming back? When is he coming back? So, ladies and gentlemen, he is back in the building. Jay, what's going on, sir? Man, Shannon, I am glad to be here, man. Excited. Um, it's been a while, man, so ready to get this thing popping, man. Um, yeah, let's go. No doubt, no doubt. Want to remind everybody before we get started, you can join in the conversation and submit any questions or comments uh, live at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. One more time, that's www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. So for those of you who may be new to the show, uh, we have Jay come on. Like I said, Jay dropped several gems and about finance, about credit, getting your credit repair, getting your credit scores right, uh, getting your information together. And we bring them on. You know, sometimes um, we answer questions from our SIWR community, as we will today. Uh, but I wanted to check in with Jay. You know, we're coming into the last quarter of the year. Well, we're in the last quarter of the year now. Uh, man, wanted to get, you know, some tidbits and strategies so we can finish the year strong, get our credit report straight and start next year off on a good note. Uh, so first, I want to ask you, uh, what's new in the credit and finance space since the last time you've been here? Like, are there any updates with the latest FICO version or any updates with credit reporting? Yeah, so the latest FICO version that came out is still FICO 10, FICO 10T, mm -hmm. um, but it's not it, it has not been as adopted as they thought it would be. So, so, so FICO 8, FICO 2 um, are primarily still being used um, by lenders out there. FICO 10 is out there. Um, FICO 10, FICO 10, FICO 10 T, and the T stands for trending data. So essentially versus FICO being a point in time, like right now, your score is this right now. FICO 10 T is going to provide a, 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 a view from a time period of habits in your credit report. Which could be good or bad because sometimes we may have a, a low point and maybe when they got pulled it didn't catch that low point for us but that that's training data yeah uh, will catch that and factor it in but like i said i haven't seen it being used too much here lately at all mm -hmm. um have you seen any um updates as far as people being able to pull a credit report um at different times of the year i know we get the one free report each year but has anything changed with that you know i think anycreditreport.com they um they were doing free report every week up until April 2022. 
I do believe mm-hmm. they extended it, but I need to confirm that. Um, I have been using lately though, um, credit check total uh, for clients. It charges you a dollar to pull your report and it, it gives you multiple FICOs. It gives you, I think, three or four different versions of FICO, including all three bureaus as well. And that they can analyze the report, it gives you the score and the report. So credit check total is what I've been using. And it's through experience, it's through experience, but you do not need an account to pull it. You can just go on creditchecktotal.com and follow the prompts and in about five minutes you have your report in a PDF format. Okay, okay. Um, also, I like I've gotten a lot of feedback and questions from those wanting to rebuild their credit, and uh, they wanted me to ask because every time you come through, you drop some cards for them. So, are there any yeah. uh, good cards out there or programs that that are helping the people that are trying to rebuild their credit? Absolutely. Um, I like the um, Credit Builder card, which is that's the name of it. Credit Builder card. You have um, Open Sky card. You also have uh, Self is a good one. Self Lender is a great one. Self-lender is going to be an installment loan um, that gives you the opportunity to, to convert over to a secure lending uh, credit card. Uh, that's They all are secure type of services, which means you put down a deposit. Um, also, Chime. Chime is another one. And a, a lot of these are fintech, fintech places, uh, meaning that they're not physical banks, like not a bank location. Mm-hmm. They're financial, uh, technical, no, how you say it, uh, financial technology, I guess you call it, but basically fintech, but they, they cost basically like a virtual bank uh, with no actual brick and mortar location. And they're becoming very popular and they're, they're able to provide to flexibility in what they give you service-wise. So they, they're able to uh, save money because a lot of the money uh, that's spent on banks is for the actual location itself. And that all mm-hmm. gets the rates, everything. So whatever costs the bank money, they're going to pass on to you. These fintech banks are changing the game because there is no physical location. There's a bunch of employees that, that, that they have to pay. Um, they can run it virtually. So uh, Chime, Credit Builder Card, and Self Lender, and Open Sky or, or, or three or four secure cards. Now, Discover It also has a really good card to help you rebuild as well. It's unsecured. But if your credit is very, very damaged, you're probably better off going with a, a secure card to start with and then build from there. But you want to ask certain questions. You, you want to know if there are any annual fees with that card. You want to know if they have a point system or like a reward system. You want to know um, when can you convert to secure? Because that's, that's, the, that's the overall goal is to, is to convert, get your money back and be over, go um, unsecured with that loan, with that card. Um, you want to also know um, so annual fees, um, point system, uh, hard pool, soft pool. So when they do that, mm-hmm. um, can you get an increase? So you want to ask all these questions up front before you apply. Okay. And on the program side, like I've had people uh, that asked about Experian Boost uh, because you have some people that are like, hey, I listed all of these monthly bills that I have on here, gave them the data, and only went up two points and then you have some people that say they may have gotten an eight to ten point boost and then some people say they put all this stuff in and nothing happened okay. so like what's what's the 411 on, on experience boost man i don't use it <laughs> um <laughs> uh and, and I, I never even recommend it either to my clients and he, here's mm. why i mean you what you're doing essentially right there is you're playing a numbers game so they're going to give you credit or or they're going to give you 
a bonus. So they're going to give you something that benefits you for putting these bills in. Can you pay your bills on time? That's great. The problem is you don't know the algorithm behind that. And you, so mm. you said two points here, eight points there, none here. And it's only for experience. So let's say you go apply for a house or a car and they pull Equifax. Well, Experian Boost didn't do you any good in that case. Mm -hmm. So to me, it just, it just pads it, but it's not truly representing you know, your true credit profile. Because if a lender pulls Experian and, and your score is higher and they look at your actual profile, they won't see your bills in there. You know what I'm saying? So that mm -hmm. like the number may be a little bit higher. But your profile doesn't add that weight. And as people have to understand that you have a credit score, you have a credit profile. And the, the profile is the actual data that makes up your credit uh, profile, you know, your credit worthiness. So if you go get a house, they're going to do a full underwriting on that, which means they're going to go through every single account and they're going to you know, itemize it out. They're going to, they're going to analyze it and see who you paid, how you paid them well. And your bills will not be in that report, even with experience. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And what about um, like the rent reporting ones? You know, is it really worth people getting into those and reporting so, their rent, or does it really not fit into the grand scheme of things like you were just talking about? It so that's it. It depends. So the um, there was an article I read recently. I can't think of who put it out. I have to find it and share it, and maybe in one of the groups. But where they're starting to really allow more rent reporting to happen. All right. So, mm -hmm. so it does affect the score. However, once again, you just don't know the algorithm behind that. So um, rent reporters is one that I've used in the past. I, I, I've had clients get a you know, 50 point boost um, sometimes mm -hmm. on their credit report. And however, once again, they're over when it comes to FICO, like FICO itself. It's probably with FICO TNT coming in play. There are over 30 versions of FICO. So you you don't know how that reporting is going to actually factor into that algorithm because you don't know which model FICO 2, FICO 4 is going to take into account as a benefit of you doing that. So you take a risk there because you don't really know for sure it's going to help benefit the score that you want to use or the one that gets pulled. But they um but they but they do help in some cases find one that's reputable. So rent reporting is one that I've used before in the past, but that being said too reporters and all, all the other ones only um they only report to transunion equifax experian does not play that game so experian does not do reporting at all only, only those two bureaus uh okay okay um another one that i i get a lot of questions on especially after we put the flyer out saying you were going to be on this episode <laughs> There are a million and one people on social media now saying that they fix people's credit. Yep. There's a million and one credit specialists all of a sudden. Lord knows, I, I wish I knew where some of them came from because I'm like, y'all were not here five years ago. Right. People want to know how do they identify who are trustworthy and reputable people that they can go to to get their credit repaired versus the scammers out here that's just trying to get people's information or maybe just try to upsell them a couple of ebooks or something. Right, right. So um, that's funny you said ebooks. That's a whole different conversation. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's that's no shade to anybody, man. I just as I get into this game on this side of the business, I've learned how that can work sometimes. And sometimes 
with the ebooks, they're not the person that's selling the book did not write the book sometimes. Mm -hmm. so that out there. But um, and it doesn't mean that they don't know what's in the book. Just just be don't always let the ebook impress you so much that you just give them business because of the ebook. So I always start with testimonials. Um, you know, who can who can they show you that they've helped? They have a, a reference list of people that they've helped and they will talk to you as well. Are they certified? Right. So the um, there's a certain organization. There's there's several out there. But but the one I like to use is uh, uh, is credit repair, not credit repair cloud. But I have to find it and put it in here. But it's another one that being certified doesn't it's not a deal breaker if they're not certified in credit repair. It helps. They understand the process. Speaking of process, can they explain the process to you and are they willing to coach you along the way? You don't mm -hmm. want somebody to just drop you off at credit repair lane and you figure out the rest of it. Like they, they need to have a system in place where you're learning along the way. Education should be a big part of what they do and they should not be rushing you either to sign up with them. So given social media these days, you know, people can fake it really, really well, but at the same time, you, you can always, you should be able to find testimonials somewhere on that page. Like that's what, what they do, you know, you know, and then the person that left it, reach out to them, talk to them, you know, and then too, what, what's that background? Because like my background, I've been in credit and finance almost 17 years and mm. I've just been in the credit repair space for the past four years. It's a lot, it's a lot more to learn. So understanding like what that background is for you and can they help you get to where you want to go? You know, and can they show you how to maintain your score after the fact? So these are all the questions I would ask, um, probing questions beforehand. You know, some people may charge you a, a conversation fee for that, you know, conversation. Some don't. Kind of depends, but I would rather pay the, the, the fee up front that's 20 bucks or whatever I'm paying to have the conversation to, to bet them out before I spend money with them. You know, um, my coach, uh, Terry Krauser, uh, credit coach, Care, Care Credit Tools, um, I like her style because she's been on education first. And she gives a lot of game, a lot of game. Like her her way of doing things is all about truly helping the people long term. And, and not just doing it for them, but show them how to do it as well in case they don't want to you know, work with her directly. The, the information is out there. So they should be, whoever you work with should be giving game somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew that question was going to come up. I feel like I get it every time <laughs> that I say you're going to be on an episode yeah. <laughs> because it's just so many people out there. And it's like when you talk about credit repair, you, you're dealing with people's lives here, you know. So people yeah. want to know that the person that they're about to give their information to is legit, you know, and not just going to screw them over because they're trying to make a quick buck because for right. some it seems like a hustle. And for some, like you said, it's really about the education and trying to enrich people's lives out here, not just trying to make a quick two, three, four hundred dollars, whatever. Yeah. But then some people you go to ask a question and they want you to sign up for a whole eight hundred dollar package. And you like, man, it's, it's just not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you, mean, can ask, you can answer one question. <laughs> it's it's um, I got some people who have took the route of, hey, man, I got one question for you. Hey, I got a question for you and it's like it's always one more question and i'll, I'll play that game sometimes because I, I enjoy the conversation but i realize some people are taking advantage mm -hmm. and 
almost like always one more question. And these be like pretty elaborate questions. Sometimes I have to go back and research for them and then come back to them and give them the answer. So, but sign up for a whole package that, I mean, if somebody's trying to get you to, to commit to credit repair because of one question, man, just mm. be, be weary of that. Now, if they offer you a consultation fee, hey, for 30 minutes for 20 bucks, you know, you can ask 10 questions or whatever you, you do. Yeah, I think that's fair because you're, you're paying for not just that moment, the half an hour, you're paying for hopefully years of experience and, and, and yeah. of success. You know, and I actually learned that from you. I mean, because I was doing it for free for a long time. And, and uh, I, mm. I I got the reps in, but I realized, man, I'm giving you 17 years of underwriting and, and credit and, 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 and finance and, and legal legal stuff and, and collections. I mean, all that's wrapped up in this package. And I have to I had to realize myself first, hey, this is I'm more valuable than that. I'm giving you and my yeah. time is too. So Learning lesson for me, but someone should not be trying to get you to sign up for credit repair off one question. And, and number two, or number 10, whatever number I'm on, they need to also figure out if you need credit repair. Because I, I have some clients mm-hmm. not need credit repair. They might they might just need more credit. They, they could just have a thin credit profile. So maybe like one or two trade lines reporting. Well, you need to start building credit. So you don't have bad credit. You don't have any credit really at all. And for a lender, that's also it's not a red flag, but you know, lenders get paid to make decisions off of facts and data. And, and the more data you can provide them um, that's positive, obviously, it's going to be in your favor. So you want to also understand if you really need credit repair. So if they're just like, here's the here's the package. Well, they don't even know what you what you need yet. You know, they should they should be yeah. more of a, of a consultant. Sit down with you, look at your report. And, and figure out, you know, if you really need credit repair. Because sometimes you don't need it. I've, I've had clients I've talked to before where they weren't clients at the time, but after re- reviewing their paperwork, their profile, they didn't need credit repair. Or I had some maybe had like one or two things on there. So I tell them up front, I could do this for you for this price, or you can do this for yourself, you know, for a lot cheaper. You, you got two collections on there for $500. Call them up, have the conversation, do a pay for it, delete letter, negotiate or settle, but you can have it removed yourself. Now, if you don't want to touch it at all, you don't want to do it, then that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. and a person doing credit pressure asks you a lot of questions too. But they need to understand what your goals are with, with your credit. So is it to buy a house or do you need a car next week? So they need to have mm-hmm. the because the process takes time if you do the whole disputing through the bureaus and things like that. So tell them up front, listen, this, you know, per the FCRA, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the, the, the bureaus get 30 to 45 days to respond. So if you got anything that you want to get done in that time period, this is probably not the way you want to go. So they should be asking questions and ask the questions at the same time. So I know that was a long answer, but. Yeah, that's, hey, that, that's what was needed though man like that that honesty and that transparency is what people need when talking to people in this space and for those that's watching and for those that's you know gonna listen later on streaming like i can personally vouch for everything jj said because like i myself i hit him up when they was like hey do i need to sign up for a package i just got this one thing that i'm trying to get removed that's old and da 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 it's in valley he was like 
So technically, I could do this, this, and this, but you don't even need that. Like, you just need to send a letter, get such and such removed, and you and you good to go. So that's the honesty that you you need to look for when you're dealing with people that are you know going to help you with finances or with your credit. Because, like I said, this is a major part of your life. This isn't something you should take lightly and be willing to just throw your information out there with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I also wanted to ask you, like, in looking at people's websites and packages and, and what they offer, uh, what should people look for to ensure that, you know, their social security numbers are going to be protected properly? Like, are there yeah. any particular protocols or systems that should be in place to make sure people's identities are taken care of? Their thing that been so electronic, it's hard to say what to look for. You definitely wanted to have the, when you look at that page, it should have the HTTPS and the, in the, um, address line s meaning secure so you know for a fact that it's going to be taken care of and ask the person as well like, like what's your protocol for protecting my information have you ever been breached before because that's what it's because it's, it's very personal i mean your social security number is out there floating around possibly so you want to understand their protocol you know are they protecting it with the system you know is it safe to their their one drive you know what i'm saying like you want to know like where are they storing your information and if you don't feel safe with that answer don't don't roll with that because you want peace through the process you know and, most um, definitely yeah yep all right ladies and gentlemen we have come to our first break once again this is a successes within reach podcast season three episode 21 finance and credit conversations with jay allen i'm gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back I'm Welcome back. Welcome back. So now I want to uh, make sure we get in a few questions from our SIWR community. Uh, the first one for you, Jay, is from Yasmeen. Yasmeen. She says, I finally got my divorce finalized, and I want to know if it's possible to get the things I co-signed for my ex-husband off my credit report. As in, can I call the dealership and say we're divorced and I no longer want to vouch for his payments and get removed from his truck? That's a good question. It's, it's very real too. Very honest question. Um, you so it depends. All right. If you co-sign for that, you are legally liable for that debt. If that mm. person chooses not to pay, or they can't pay, or you know, they come after you next, and you don't want to risk that on your credit report being a default. Now, when you call a dealership or a lender or a bank and ask to be removed as a as a co-signer. Or personal guarantee for a business, they're gonna they're gonna re-underwrite that loan, which means they're gonna reevaluate the the first person credit and see if they've improved enough to carry it themselves. If they have not improved enough for themselves, then they probably won't remove you from that report. I mean, from that loan. They don't mm. have to. They're not obligated because for them, it's all about risk mitigation. So that first person couldn't handle whatever it was that they purchased a car or a home. Therefore you become basically like secondarily liable, you know, in terms of them having, I wouldn't use the word collateral as a person, but you are now becoming like 
the backstop for that loan if that person defaults. The goal should be, respectfully, because I, I don't know you ask me, but hopefully your husband was taking care of business after that point, his credit has now built up to a place to where he can he can actually pay it himself. Hopefully, that loan has decreased enough, maybe to where the bank is like, you know what, this this, this is fine. You know, um, I'm willing to remove him. Now, if he doesn't want to do that, what you could do is refinance it with another lender, and and then have the second lender pay off the first lender, and then you can. Taken off at that point because then you don't own it, but that's if that person can be approved by themselves. So the whole the whole thing with excuse me, the whole thing with cosigning is it, very tricky. And I know um obviously husband wives probably do a lot. I personally I don't know, I, I'm 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 not a fan of cosigning unless it's like you have a child and you're building their credit profile for them and you are either helping to pay that, but you have control over that. Two adults. Divorces, things happen, man. So you can't always predict this. This is coming, but I would just say, man, credit is important for so many reasons. Um, so now, mm -hmm. a tough spot, and really, you know, being removed legally, like such called a lawyer, you sign the contract. So you know, it's not anything illegal is happening. It's just this is how they, how the lender is is being proactive. For themselves, because they're they they're in business to make money to keep money and to, and to grow money, so this is their way of, of keeping control and, and knowing for a fact that one of y'all go pay. So, because here's <laughs> you know one of y'all go pay. Here's the thing too: if you if that thing defaults, it goes on both credit reports. So, mm. the rub there is: what if he stops paying it? She can pay it, or maybe she doesn't want to pay it. How that goes, it could go on your credit. Man, oh man, yeah, like that, man. Like, and I know we've talked about co-signing before. Like, it's it's a rough game, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a rough, a rough game. game. You said like, if that person just says, "Okay, well, I'm just gonna stop paying on it," knowing that it's gonna hurt the other person. Like, yeah. what do you do? Because you People signed that, that piece of paper, man. Like, that's man. that's just crazy, bro. I've talked to so many people who have had to happen to them where. They got a divorce, things got messy, and the spouse was like, Well, you know what? I'm not paying anything. And you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough. But um, you know, always check with the attorney also. I mean, always check with the attorney as well for legal advice on that. But as far mm -hmm. as that co-signing agreement goes, you know, if you Google cosign, it, it tells you you are liable if they choose to not pay or can't pay, they will they will be calling your phone next. Or call you at work next. They will be calling you soon about the car payment. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> All right. Next one is from Angel. Angel said, I recently had my student loans forgiven. Congratulations, because there are a whole lot of us still waiting on that. <laughs> so she said, she said, I recently had my student loans forgiven, and I want to know how long does it take before they will come off my credit report? I received my letter almost two months ago, but they're all still showing on my credit report. So that, that's a hard question. So she is she saying if she's on here, maybe she's not on here or not. But is she saying that she wants the, the loan itself to disappear or or she has negative items that are attached to that loan that are still showing? So 
Now, they, like they're all forgiven and clear, but clear. yeah, it's still like Department of Education or whatever still showing on on her credit report. So that's not going to go anywhere. Like the actual, mm. yeah, I mean, this the actual lender itself is going to stay there. It should zero out. I mean, it should zero out to to a, to a zero um, on credit report. There are times when, and so here's the thing too: there are different types of forgiveness. So it kind of depends on the type that she got. Sometimes they will remove the negative items too with that with that loan, but it should zero out. I mean, it shouldn't affect her uh, her, her ratios anymore. It shouldn't affect now her score may drop at first because when she, she pay off a loan, um, you know, credit mix is is ten uh, percent of your FICO score. So now you have uh, one less installment loan on your report. It may drop temporarily, but in terms of actually that that verbiage disappearing on your report, it, it's probably going to stay there. I mean, and it shouldn't be a red flag to anybody at all as long as it's zeroed out. Now, if you have items that are negative on there, you want to definitely dispute those off your report and try to get those removed so it's, it's clean. But having, having them forgiven does not remove the actual Department of Education from the report, it's still going to purport as a lender that's, that's paid in full. Cool. Uh, Angel, I hope that answered your question. If not, uh, make sure you reach out to myself and I can get it over to Jay or just reach out to Jay. Um, he has his Instagram name up on the screen here, too. All right. The next question is from Tyrell. He says, my wife and I are saving to buy a home next year. We're both in the 650 to 690 range. He says, I don't know that we'll clear off enough to get our scores much higher by this upcoming summer. He says, what does our DTI need to be to get approved for a home? So for those who don't know, DTI is debt to income ratio. Essentially, it's, it's the percentage of debt that you have um, of your income. So if you if you have income of 10 grand a month and you have, uh, say, $5,000 in debt monthly, uh, your DTI is going to be 50%. So just basically simple, simple math on that, right? So a good DTI is under 35%. Now, the, the convention and the FHA had different maxes, but some would go as high as 55% and 50%. Um, I would say 35% because here's the thing. You do not want to be house poor. So, so buying a house shouldn't be, should not break you monthly. It, 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 it may be a challenge because it's, it's, it's a new bill. It could be a higher monthly than your rent could have been. But these days, rent is high, too. You know, so, mm -hmm. so you want to understand where you stand in terms of how much can you afford comfortably monthly. So you, you I always take it back to I take it back to budgeting because budgeting is going to be the foundation of all of this stuff. Right. If you don't budget, you probably have bad credit. If you don't budget, you probably have high credit card you know, balances. Right. So. DTI is a representation of what they say you can afford. And here's, here's the truth, though. There are certain numbers that don't go into DTI. They, they don't put in HOA fees. That's not a, a debt that you have. Some of y'all, some of us have, some people may have uh, other bills that are not reporting to the credit bureaus. Life insurance may be one of those bills, right? That, that, you, that you're paying out of your income every single month that's not in that equation. That's why it's important, it's important to budget because then you can look at all your numbers even the ones that they can't see at the, at the bank, and you can know how much you can afford monthly each time. Um, now, the credit score that they have is actually good enough to buy. Um, you can go as low as 580. Now, let me be clear about that, though. People oftentimes say, 
I can have this low score in my house. That's not the point because the lower the score, the more conditions you go have, you got to go through the more hoops, mm-hmm. the more money they want to see in the bank, probably, you know, so, so the higher the score, the less you have to go through as far as like red tape and getting, getting through the process, you know, and even before they buy Shannon, I would have them say, pick a lender or two and, and call them and say, Hey, what are y'all conditions on buying a house? Because some banks might say, okay, you know, we want this score. We we prefer this score. And uh, this is an A credit or a B credit profile. And this, this, we require you to have say 10% down payment. Also, we want you to have at least three months of mortgage payments already in the bank after you paid your down payment. That's their condition. That's showing them that you're that you're liquid, right? So you want to understand the conditions before you even apply, because you may say, ah, they tripping. Like I'm not, I'm not going through all that. Or you may say, man, this is this works for me. I I can do this. So to kind of recap on that, along with DTI, be budgeting because DTI also of your gross income all right it's of your gross income so we all know your gross ain't coming home so you want to understand i would even go as far as um dave ramsey always says do your dti from your net income and that's a that's mm-hmm. aggressive but that's probably going to put you more in line with what you can afford based on your budget so the budget has to be in play as well so i bought a house here recently and full transparency man my mortgage from my, my previous house, damn near triple. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I knew, but I I know my numbers, so I wasn't I wasn't worried because I knew it, it's there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's there, and I'm more than comfortable with that 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 purchase. But I knew all that all that in advance. I didn't have to stress and worry. It was an easy process, right? And, and um. It, I, Home buying. You you want to have a clean credit profile. You want to understand all your numbers. Um, be careful with large deposits in your account because they're gonna want to know where that came from, and you have to show them where it came from. Now, some people they'll go get a loan from somewhere, put it in their account, and show income or show show liquidity when it's not really even their money. They, they actually went and got a loan from somewhere, put it in their account just to show that piece of it. And you gotta show you gotta show them where it came from. Where I describe underwriting, imagine squeezing toothpaste out of a tube. You, you can't get it back in there. So whatever they see mm-hmm. that comes out in their investigation, the underwriting process, it's seen, and they don't unsee it, and they want to question it. So all that's important to do in advance. So, so you, you walk in, like I say, like George Jefferson, you walk in, like yo, all I need to know is. <laughs> Word of sign because I know my numbers are straight, my, my credit is yeah. good, my DTI is in order, I got liquidity, I got down payment, like I'm, I'm ready. And the rest of the stuff after that is going to be like minor stuff, you know, insurance, things like that. But speaking of which, too, insurance companies pull credit. So your your rates can be higher if you have bad credit. So that's hormones insurance as well as car insurance. They both pull credit. So just know that, too. Man, oh man, gotta know your numbers, people. Gotta know your numbers. Like, I can't stress that enough. Jay can't stress that enough. You have to know your numbers just in life, period, not just when you're making big purchases, because it is nothing crazier than seeing somebody at a car dealership 
or in a mortgage office and they sitting there sweating and legs shaking and, and all this stuff because they done went through the 14th creditors still trying to find somebody to declare you, man. Know your numbers before you go in these places. Like you said, you should not be surprised by what comes up when you go to buy a house. You should not be surprised by what comes up when you go to buy a car. You should already know because you've been budgeting. You got a spreadsheet for your finances. You've already been looking at your credit report. You've gotten the stuff cleared that's invalid. You should already know when you come in there, that's the car I want. I don't need y'all to run nothing. I already been pre-approved. Just give me my paperwork and my keys in and out. But it starts with having a plan, having a strategy, and staying on top of your numbers. Cannot stress that enough. I would even add to Shannon. I mean, like this, the couple's doing right now, they're getting ahead of things. You never mm. know. You might obviously you're gonna plan for a house purchase, but you never know when you might need credit out of nowhere. Things happen all the time that may require you to, to use credit in some type of way, whether it's, it's an apartment that you got to get all of a sudden, or your car blows up, you got to go buy a new car. You know, just. Stay. I, I, I've had clients tell me, "Well, I don't use credit. Or I don't need it right now." Then something happens to them, and they they need it right now. So just just you know maintain it. You know maintain it. Understand it. The the five factors of credit. Just understand what they are and, and how your decisions will impact those numbers. You know because you don't want to be in a situation to where you you need credit suddenly for anything. You just never know. And and now you're at a place to where trying to rebuild in the process. You know, I, I had a friend recently um, had to buy a car all of a sudden. I mean, just, you know, he, his went down out of nowhere. He had to buy one, but he was not prepared. Now he's panicking, trying to dispute things and negotiate things and settle here, settle there. And mm-hmm. you got to work. You, you need a car. So yeah, a car dealership, more than likely will approve you no matter what. They're going to find a way to get you in that car. You know, I had a friend paying 30% interest on an Altima. Man, come on, man. <laughs> hey, look here. I'm, I'm going to tell y'all right now, cut this stuff out, man. <laughs> we, we should not be paying 30 40 50% interest on cars. You know, I, I just saw somebody the other day that was talking about how much they're paying for a charger. And I thought that was their mortgage. And I'm like, how are you paying this on a car? Like, come on, people, we, we got to do better. Yeah. Get your affairs in order. Get your credit in order. Get your finances in order. If you don't know how to do it, you have a resource right here. Reach out to Jay. You know, he's certified. He can get you squared away or get you, you know, in contact with people that, you know, may be better suited than even he is, who knows? Yeah. But you, you gotta stay on top of your numbers. Like a lot of a lot of this stuff is, is just crazy. What people pay for cars and I'm like, fam, you've paid for three cars by the time you finish paying this off. Yeah. Your interest should not be that high. Like we, we gotta do better people. We have too much information and too many resources out here to still be, being taken advantage of you know by dealerships and all of this stuff but then at the same time some of it's not taking advantage if you put yourself in that situation by making poor financial choices right all right ladies and gentlemen we have come to our second break uh this break is brought to you by breakthrough kings shout out to everybody checking in on the breakthrough kings network out there we'll be right back 
All right, welcome back, welcome back. Once again, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast, season three, episode 21, Credit and Finance Conversations with Jay Allen. All right, so um, I've had this question quite a bit. Um, I guess people are getting emails, there's a buzz around social media with it. Uh, people are asking about an X1 credit card. Um, apparently, it's some credit card that's a, a metal credit card, and it's supposed to have some type of exclusivity with the people that they select to be members. It's not just open to everybody. Uh, what do you know about it, and, and is it worth getting on a waiting list for a credit card, for this credit card? Man, so they're, they're doing a really good job marketing. Anytime you say something is exclusive and all this stuff, that's, that's usually, I think, it's it creates that FOMO. If they fear missing out, right? Mm-hmm. That card is backed by Visa. It's a Visa card, essentially, and it's really it's a it's a lot of perks with that card. Um, it's also a fintech bank, so virtual okay. bank, but it is backed by Coastal Coastal Bank, I believe, and it's FDIC insured, so it's it's, it's all all legitimate. It's zero annual fees on the card. Um, it comes with a lot of perks, cash back opportunities. Um, point systems where you can trade them in at Nike, Adidas, you know, wherever you want to, wherever you want to go. Um, I don't know about getting on a waiting list for this card. I mean, there are other cards out there that are just as good as this, as this card is. It's just cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I mean that there are other cards that provide the same level of benefits that this one does. And this one does, it does tell you though, it says that you can get up to five times the credit limit on, 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 on this card, right? Now, okay. how they're doing that, I don't know. I mean, underwriting policies, their their risk tolerance for, for, for underwriting sounds pretty liberal, which it's not a bad thing. Um, the fear I would have with this card and any card is that you get the card and you don't use it the right way. You aren't disciplined with the, with the card. This is a great card to have. If you're disciplined and you pay all your bills on, on credit and you didn't use the points to buy, like that's how it should work like you don't never want to use a credit card i mean a debit card online anyway but because that's your money and if we've mm-hmm. ever been happy before it takes forever to get your own money back from the bank it's crazy so credit card yeah. companies usually give your money back right away so i like the card for for what it could be used for but it's, it's, it's not the end of the world if you, if you don't get one and there are more out there that have similar benefits now the no annual fee is a great benefit obviously no surprise mm-hmm. annually the 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 perks of it it comes with um insurance as well if you go rent a car it's covered i mean so it's, it's giving you some really cool perks uh i would just say if you don't use credit well anyway that, that car is definitely not for you especially if they're going to give you five times your limit and that's that's still going to be that's still going to be um based upon your credit now this car mm-hmm. doesn't different is it, it, it looks at your credit report and current and future income for underwriting so that's probably how they can give you more because they're, they're, they're going a little bit deeper than just a hard pull they're looking at cash flow as well which is which is kind of unique for a consumer credit card that's 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 very common for business credit cards but not always as common for uh our cost our personal usage so mm-hmm. am i for it or against it i well, i read about it i liked it I would use the car. I have enough cars already. But if you're somebody that's mm-hmm. all right, I'm 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 good with credit. I budget. Um, I I know how to 
you know, pay it on time. I'm good. I, I, I said, go for it. I mean, it, it could be a huge, a huge benefit for you in terms of like the points. Cause you can start doing things for free. You know? Yeah. So, so that's, that's a huge benefit. Uh, especially on the business credit side, people usually get those cards that provide so they can pay this bill invoices and then they can go to Aruba for 10 days for free and, you know, eat, eat and be married. But I think it's a good card to have, but in terms of like, gotta have it. Nah. I mean, if you ever want to look at cards and compare them, I think, I think nerdwallet.com does a really good job. They usually provide every single year, a list of top cards, um, they 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 rank them. They compare them. Um, they compare the fees. They compare the interest rates. Um, they compare the perks. They they compare the service on the card. So nerdwallet.com is a great resource for credit cards information for for um uh, banking information for credit builder card information. They give you a pretty good list of places you can start looking and start comparing. So I can see it's a lot to go with. It's a lot to think about. You know, who American Express, Visa, cash back, no cash back. They get 10%. They get more for gas. Like it's a it's a lot to kind of put together. But you gotta think about a car. Like, what's if you're gonna get a car, doesn't match your lifestyle. I have a Southwest mm -hmm. car, I fly Southwest, I have a Hilton, a Hilton card. Hilton's where I stay when I travel. So those, those match my my lifestyle. So with that card, same thing should be said. Read it. Go to the site. Read the small print, especially at the bottom of the page. Read, read the small print. The interest rate for that card is going to be about 15 to 22%, it said. So that's in comparison to most cars, probably in the middle. Some are higher, some are lower, you know. But you want to know all of that. You want to know, you know, when do they report to the credit bureaus? Um so you can know when it reports, when to pay it off, when to pay it down. So those are all questions you want to ask you anyway for any car. But it's it's, it's not a must-have. Gotcha. Yeah, I appreciate that because, man, like when I had two people hit me up and ask me about it, I was like, what are y'all talking about? And they were like, man, this is a new card. And one of them even sent me a screenshot of the Instagram post and I was like, when we started making metal credit cards, like that was the first thing that was tripping me out. I was like, yeah. why is it an all metal credit card? Like, come on. And then I was looking and it said something about uh, putting an email to get on the list and we'll contact you. And I'm like, all right, hold on. So y'all that exclusive that you got to have a wait list. I was like, are we waiting to get in the club or just like what's going on here? And over the past two months, I've had at least I say seven or eight people. So I was like, y'all just hold tight. I'm going to hold this till next time Jay is on and we'll ask him in and get the info on it because it was bizarre to me. I, I had never heard of it. But, you know, like I said, some people saw it on Instagram. Some people got it in their email, but they didn't know if it was legit or not yeah. because it just sounded weird that you submit your email just to get on a wait list to apply. So I was like, is it that exclusive that right. you got to get, you know, in a, in a lottery for it almost? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I would I would imagine I could be wrong. I would imagine what they might be doing on, on, on the backside of things. They could have paid for a service like my company has a service where we look at Experian alerts and we can we can look at a customer's credit profile without pulling that credit reports. But, we, but we're paying Experian monthly for this service. Right. And we, we watch those reports. And if you have any dings up, up or down, we can lower your limit. Or raise your limit based on the changes in your credit report. So, what they may have done is 
subscribe to some kind of system that's doing soft pulls on reports and people who are getting these offers may have you know they may have the credit profile that matches or score that matches what they would lend to you know so they may be doing okay. that that definitely it seems to be it's very trendy the whole because there are cars out there there are metal cards uh, i've seen one through american express that was metal and another one that was also metal but <clears throat> this this card is it, it seems to be like it's, it's going to be trendy and cool um it, it's a nice app to it um a feature you got to, you can shop on the app through their portal so if you want to say i got a thousand points already on my on my, my system i'm going to nike right now on, on, on my phone and re redeem them so they're mm -hmm. definitely bringing some some new things to the credit game though i mean it's i think i think i think i think it, i think i think these kind of things are coming more because fintech is, is getting bigger and i think fintech mm -hmm. with it being non-traditional it's going to start providing things that other banks don't provide so Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, the other day when we were talking, you were talking about uh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Um, and his thoughts as it relates to using debt uh, to build your business. Uh, yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit for our audience? Absolutely. So this is this is only a, a J-ism. This is my opinion. I get, I get the question all the time. Like, OK, do you like Dave Ramsey? Do you believe in what he says? Or do you like, say, like Robert Kiyosaki, right, who uses debt and leverages debt all the time to, to build his empire? I, this is my thoughts on this. You you don't want it doesn't have to be either or. It should be and both. It should be and both. Mm. If you're somebody that, that cannot budget, you are disciplined. You need Dave Ramsey in some capacity. You need the foundation, and the foundation is is the money piece where you actually money's being managed properly. If you're someone that doesn't have the basic skills of what he teaches. On paying things down and managing things and budgeting, I'm not saying you got to go as far as the envelopes and, and put them in a put them in your um on your table and you spend mm -hmm. cash only. I'm not saying you have to go that far, but I think that the mindset there is that it's discipline is is that's the baseline of everything he, he he talks about to me. That's that's my opinion. That's my how, how I see that thing. Now, say you skip that step, that very important step. And you go out here and start a business and you're making 70, 80 grand a week, right? If you couldn't manage your regular paycheck that was maybe seven grand a month or whatever it was, you're gonna have a much harder time managing that 70 grand that, that's coming in. There's nothing in place that's that's, that's systemized. So so I, I don't agree with paying everything off and then start from scratch with zero debt. Cause I think I think using money the right way is 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 it's, it's, it's called leverage for a reason. Right, it's called leverage. Yeah. For it's, it's leveling you up. It's, it's 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 expanding your ability to to buy, purchase, and invest in things that hopefully bring you back money in some kind of way, or to help you, um, you know, get the house. Because buying a house, cash is gonna be difficult. It's possible. It's possible, but you may prolong that that process by not having the credit to, to actually do it. Right. So so I think it's a it's it's it's, it's not a Either or, I think it's and both. I think you take pieces from both of those mindsets and you make it work. Here's why I say that as well. If you if you're somebody that budgets, your budget is equivalent to your income statement. If if you are a business, 
Mm-hmm. If, if you're someone that watches your net worth as an individual, so you know, like assets, liabilities, equity is my net worth in that in, in that equation. That's the same as your balance sheet. If you're watching your bank statements, how you spend money, that's your cash flow statement. So that it all translates over. So as a consumer, if you operate like you're a business and then you start a business, it's gonna be a lot easier because you already done these things on, on, on the micro level. Now you're doing them at a bigger level, but it's the same mindset in place and it's already systemized. So that's mm-hmm. why I think the conversation is, is cool to have, but people oftentimes pick a side. Like you, like they, it, it becomes almost an, an argument when it doesn't have to be an argument. It can be and both. I like Dave Ramsey and I like this other guy who uses credit and debt to build a lifestyle, you know. But I think you need both of those together to have a a a good system in place. I like that. I like that. And that's, I mean, that's that's important. You know, a lot of people they don't know the proper way to build their finances and their credit when it comes to business credit. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard enough for a lot of people getting their personal finances in order, but some people are just completely lost and take on a lot of unnecessary debt when it comes to building their business. Yeah. Uh, trying to do things quick out the gate when sometimes you need to do things systematically and do it right. You know, so I, I appreciate you bringing that to the table and explaining that to people. Most definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the part of the show where I leave you with this week's mind shift moment Uh, for this week. I'm going to leave you with my eight rules to success. Um, You know, we're talking about budgeting. We're talking about finance. We're talking about credit. And those are things that affect your life. Um, You know, you didn't break them in one day, so you're not going to necessarily repair them and fix them in one day. Uh, But just thinking about it in life overall. Like I said, we're now in the last quarter of a year. We give you some some rules to success to help, you know, help you finish this year strong and get you prepared to start off next year on the right foot. So number one is see failure as the beginning and not the end. Number two, never, ever, ever make an emotional business decision. Number three, under promise, but over deliver. Number four. Assume nothing and question everything. Number five, make peace with your past and move on. Number six, always resist overthinking. Number seven, never compare your progress with someone else's. <coughs> Excuse me. And last but not least, always feed hungry minds that which you've mastered. Those are my eight rules to success for your personal life, for your business life, you know, no matter where you are in life. Do those eight things and everything that you do, do it with honesty and integrity, and you can never go wrong. And that is this week's Mind Shift moment. Uh, before we get out of here, Jay, you want to let them know where they can find you out there on the internet, on social media? Yeah, man. I am J83Allen on Instagram. I am Allen on um, Facebook if you're looking for me. Um, you can also go to my website. It's allenfinancialsolutions.biz. And you can also email me as well, info at allenfinancialsolutions.biz. All right, all right. And once again, I'm your host, Shannon Smith. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore CEO underscore within. 
Um, I'm also the CEO and founder of now I can say the award-winning business consultant firm, the CEO within you. Uh, you can contact us whether you are a corporate client or whether you're an entrepreneur. We also assist nonprofits uh, with all of your business needs. Uh, we provide innovative solutions to emerging businesses, focusing on leadership, market presence, and operational efficiency. Uh, you can contact us at www.theceowithinyou.com. And as always, you can find me here Thursdays on the Successes Within Reach podcast, where I remind you, you are not, you were not designed to be good, but you were designed to be great. And with that, I say I'll see you next week. Stay safe out there.